judges are ready. Side of studio. Referee. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Sensational effort. The Ruck. And coming up the blind side, Tony Grubber kicks Squires. Yes, indeed. Hello, and what a terrific thrill it is for me to be back in the chair after a couple of weeks of uh, well-earned rest and recreation in beautiful <laughs> Bali. Do you think I watched last weekend's uh, loss from the Wallabies in a bar in Bali, which is a terrific place t- to watch football. There are a lot mm. of sports bars there, and I know Timmy, you've been in many of them, thrown out a lot of them. I understand. But all they talk about. There's a photograph on the wall of you. Don't let is this man right? anywhere near. Adrenaline bar, I think it was. It's, oh, it's right. an action shot too, isn't it? Getting thrown down the stairs. Exactly right. Well, what did you bring us back? Was any presents you brought Berkey and I back? Or I got a singlet. Yeah, One of those, the bin tan. Oh, right, of course. <laughs> Yours they're, is hard, the they're hard to get. They're hard to get those, aren't they? Yeah, but we are. You've got to go to the equivalent of Bunnings. Good. The great thing about being, uh, I'd never been there before, just to be a millionaire, a multi millionaire uh, with the currency, because yeah, one million, you go to the ATM and you go, oh, I'll get four million out, which is <laughs> 400 bucks Australian. But gee, it's good to carry around four million in your wallet. I remember we went there years and years ago and a mate exchanged some money, and instead of giving him the, the million dollar notes, she yeah. gave him. A, a, a wad. My hands are yeah. 30 centimetres apart of tens. Once again, great radio from Matthew yeah, Burke. Yeah. A wad of tens. <laughs> and, and he was blowing up, just knowing that it's going to be filled with nothing, nothing. In, in the middle of it. You're exactly right. It is brilliant. But it was also brilliant last night. More relief, I think, boys. And we'll get into this game uh, shortly. Relief for the Wallabies, certainly for Coach Robbie Deans. They got that win, their first one in the Rugby Championships, 26-19 over South Africa in beautiful Perth. And now for you boys, I know the commitment was terrific. You were there and red-eyed back to the east coast of Australia. Mm. Uh, how you feeling this morning, Timmy? Uh, not too bad, actually. Yeah, we uh, had a good little sleep on the plane on the way back, and I think it always helps when there's a bit more vibe about the Wallabies winning, and I think Robbie Deans, I saw a smile on his face for the first time in probably 12 months, so uh, I think the Wallabies on a bit of a roll now with a big game uh, on this uh, Saturday night in the Gold Coast against Argentina coming up, yeah? I think, I think you're going to say, Timmy, makes it a bit easier when you fly business class up the front there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Flat beds, yeah. Yeah, so much to talk about today. We'll get to that game in detail next. Plus, we're going to talk with James O'Connor. Is he getting back uh, into the mm. Wallaby outfit sooner than later? We, let's hope so. We'll talk to him. Uh, we're counting down the top Wallaby moments. Will he be involved in that? Gordon Bray will have a chat with, to the former voice of yes. rugby. Maybe get his view on what is the best rug moment he's been involved in. That is all ahead right here on The Ruck. This is The Ruck. Tony Squires, Matt Burke, Tim Horan with you after the Wallabies got over the top of the South Africa last night in Perth, 26-19. Uh, the other game in the rugby championship, the All Blacks uh, got past a uh, very tough early Argentina, mm. 21-5. We might have a look at that game a little bit later as well. But let's uh, talk last night. It was a it was a great and much-needed win. There'll be a lot of... I guess the overriding emotion, Berkey, for them will be relief for the Wallabies rather than elation. I think you're right, Tony. I think that, um, look, if it ended it at the 19-all, which it was for a period of time there, it would have been, in a way, it would have been just about right. You know, no yeah. team really you know, asserted their authority. Only on occasions did both teams play well and throw the ball around. The first half, again, was was frustrating, I think, for, for the yeah. players to play in and, and frustrating for the, for the crowd to watch. I mean... Off the kickoff, Timmy, and I th- I'm sure you would have been the same. Catch, spread the ball, perfect, got some width on them, and all of a sudden just a little kick through again. And the whole crowd's going, like, don't kick it, don't well, kick it. Why? And the style kick, that, the grubber kick. And the grubber kick, yeah, exactly right. If you're going to hoof it, like, put it long. Yeah. But, um, look, they came out in the second half, and it was, it was a lot better performance. They, I think they had a, a little bit more direction, I think, than anything else. So, um, and, and it was more... It was clinical. It was a, the execution of their passing was a lot better. So 
That's why they're able to actually put some points and on. And big uh, prop, Ben Alexander, what will become in years, years to come, a 400-metre sprint to the try line. That's uh, great, It's great it? to see a, a large round man but running so swiftly. Just hang, kept hanging on the, the wind as well, hanging on the wind wing as well, yeah. just knowing that. No, I'm supposed to be here. Yes. No, I, it, was a, it was a bit like that rugby league try of Steve Jackson's for Canberra yes. years ago. It just kept going, final. didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was probably about uh, 30 metres less than that. But, yeah. <laughs> That's true. But I thought, I thought it was a good performance from the Wallabies. I thought, um, yeah, it was... That first 40 minutes, Berkey, you're right, they kicked too much ball away, little grubber kicks in behind, and, and Berwick Barnes, you know, did about four or five in that first 20 minutes. You're thinking, gee, just hold the ball, because they were playing some good rugby, but just giving yeah. too much ball back to the Springboks, who then got away to a really good lead at half time. You thought, gee, we're in a lot of trouble here. And, and then the second half, the um, Wallabies' defence probably won the game, and they really rushed up in defence. They, I think they learned a lot from the All Blacks, the last couple of weeks where how quickly the All Blacks got off their defensive line, moved up. Sidalecki Tamani was very good. Dom Shipley, um, first test for him on the wing, carried the ball strongly. And, and Michael Hooper, um, the yep. breakaway, I tell you what, he adds so so much to this Wallaby team. And in time, I know David Pocock is a world-class player, but in time, uh, and it might be shorter than what people think, um, Michael Hooper is going to really challenge David Pocock for that number seven spot. I do like the, the Waratahs where he's going to this year. Oh, next absolutely. Yeah. And massive. And, and he'll be such a leader in you know, early days as well. Uh, a couple of big moments for mine was uh, one when South Africa, bottom right-hand corner, I think it was, um, didn't get the ball away. I think it was uh, Jean, Sean de, oh, Jean de Villiers um, trying to get the flick ball away. If he got it away, it would have been try time. The Radiki Samo tackle on uh, on Huga when he just cut him in half, and then the Adam Ashley Cooper, probably the best tackle I've seen, the double tackle on yeah. over Mavovo, and then on to uh, I think it was De Villiers as well. I think it was at the same time. He sort of hooked him. It was like a double high tackle, but it was paid. It was fantastic. Speaking of Radiki Samo, uh, I just want to say to me that your uh, team with the desk at the sideline. What a great thing to get a Wallaby, a man who's been playing uh, for his country for a full uh, 80 minutes, uh, yeah. uh, to come over, don't give him a chair, just make him squat at the end of the table yeah, yeah, I know. for an interview. Uh, the well, it was funny because he was walking past. We always have a spare microphone at Fox Sports um, in case the boys walk past, but they do very well after a game. They play 80 minutes, and the majority of the team um, sign autographs and with the, f- the fans and the supporters, and, and Radiki walked past, and I sort of just, I didn't even say anything to him, I just sort of raised my eyebrows as you do, sort yeah. of, with those boys, hey, bo- hey, come over for a chat, and he, yeah, walked over, and, and he pro- just knelt. How, how professional you are at Fox Sports, we always yeah, have yeah. a spare microphone. Just, yeah, in just in case. You yeah, walk around when Timmy was on the plane last night, did a spare microphone. Just, <laughs> just in case something happened. <laughs> <laughs> this is your captain speaking. No, it's Tim Horan. Yeah, Tim Horan from Fox Sports here, captain. Uh, but he, ca- he came over, Radiki, and um, yeah, he, um, we asked him a few questions. Still don't know what he answered. No. But, um, <laughs> yes, it was, a, it was an interesting interview. Uh, no, it was speaking great of interesting interview, though, uh, Will Genia. Now, there is, there's something, talk of a captain's curse. Most of the people yes. who have captained Australia, the Wallabies, in the past couple of seasons, mm. uh, out injured. James Horwell, David Pocock, we mentioned earlier, and Will Genia now has a knee injury. I'm not sure yet how serious, but it looked pretty bad. He was hobbling around mm. last night. We'll know more uh, today. We might be able to get something from the camp as well. But he spoke uh, to Rod Kafer after. Now, Will Gennier, he can be a little, get, uh, a little bit defensive, I think uh, it may have been, because he got slightly confused with the line of questioning and wasn't, it seems, terribly happy. For you personally, not a great night, but a good night for the team. For me personally, having a crack at me there. Mate, it's not about any individuals, it's about the group, mate. So very happy with the performance. Um, mate, I was happy with my contribution, so... I was talking about the knee, mate, the knee. It's uh, <laughs> in, in ice now. Uh, you, you said it was bad, you heard it. Uh, go. If you managed to see the interview from the long shot, Rod Kafer was 
inching himself further and further away by the end, just holding the microphone out like on a big stick. So don't hit me. <laughs> he, he, he was saying afterwards, one of the, one of the boys said, uh, mate, did you get the chin wobble there at one stage? As in he, he nearly couldn't get that last word out. Go. <laughs> Very funny. The thing was, though, that uh, in his defence, because Will Kenny, I think, obviously was uh, just played down the wrong line, didn't he? Uh, he did realise that Rod Kafer wasn't actually having a crack of him by the end. Yeah, yeah. he didn't really. wish you the best of luck. We hope the scans are good, mate. We'll see you soon. Thanks, mate, and I apologise. I thought you were having a crack of me there. Cheers. <laughs> He didn't, he didn't read it, did he? It's a googly. It wasn't the wrong one. <laughs> exactly. Missed it completely. This is The Ruck. We're going to talk to Gordon Bray with the voice of rugby for so many years. This is The Ruck. One of those, it's going to be a great pleasure now to talk to one of the men who really, I don't made the mark in terms of commentary in rugby. He's, of course, Gordon Bray, uh, a wonderful commentator, not just for rugby. If you're listening during the uh, the games, I think it wasn't a sport that he hasn't mm. commentated on. And not, only that, not a sport that he hasn't heavily researched and know, knows what he's talking about, whereas my form of research is... How do you pronounce that name again? <laughs> Wikipedia. Yeah, correct, indeed. Not so Gordon Bray. He knows it because he loves it, and it's great pleasure to talk to him today. G'day, mate. G'day, Tony. Yes, that was great being over there with the 2GB team. Uh, we had a lot of fun. And, um, gee, didn't Great Britain do a good job? It was sensational and surprising. In fact, was it the the vibe? I know that as soon as the game's finished, once again, people weren't talking to each other on the bus or the tube. Uh, <laughs> but it seemed to have that golden moment for a couple of weeks there. Was it as good being there? Look, I think the lovely thing about um, the whole experience is that... Ah, well, see, there you go. Gordy uh, has uh, dropped up. We'll obviously get him back. Uh, he was, I think that might be somebody from the Sydney Olympic Committee getting uh, into him. Putting uh, a gag on him. Putting a gag on him. <laughs> no, I think, Tony, I, yeah. I think that was from... He was upset, but you didn't introduce him as the voice of rugby. Because I know Greg Clark from Fox Sports now is the voice well, of rugby. Right. But see, now he's not listening because we haven't got him on. That's what I was... I was a bit awkward. I didn't know whether to he say... He was the voice the of rugby voice. for so many years. Yeah, that's right. Well, do you call yourself... Are you allowed to call yourself Wallaby or your former Wallaby? So am I allowed to call him, like, the voice the of former. rugby? or The, the former. former. <laughs> The former, former voice, former. voice yes. of rugby, indeed. Yeah. Uh, we have a little trouble with Gordy, uh, and we'll try to get him back. And think, I think we may uh, have Gordon. We'll get him back after the break, though, because he has plenty to say, not just about this game, uh, but in fact, we might get his idea of some of the top moments. Mm. Given that we will be counting down number He's five, covered is coming a few. Up. He has covered quite a few. And Timmy, I think you commentated with him on many of those, didn't you? Yeah, well, I've been with, uh, commentated with Gordon for eight years with Channel Seven, and I asked him one day, "How many Test matches have you commentated on?" Because obviously, the Wallaby players get. X amount of, you know, test caps. You, Berkey played, you know, 81 and, and ran on for about 25 of them and came off the bench for the rest. <laughs> yeah, but right. Gordon starts every test match, so he calls them all the way through. And he well, must we can ask a... him now, actually, Timmy, yeah. because he's back with us. Uh, so, Gordon, the question being, and th- thanks for rejoining us, uh, uh, how many test caps do you have? Do you know how many Wallaby ga- games you have called? Well, I, I'm not sure how many Wallaby games have been you take in all the World Cups where you're calling a lot of other test matches. And um, I've been to all the World Cups, didn't actually call it every World Cup, but um, I've reckoned it's up around 400 internationals now, so uh, yeah, it's been a long time. The first was back in 1976, and that was with ABC Radio over in France, and um, when, you know, Paul McLean and Mark Lone and Jeff Shaw, yep. Tony Shaw, um, all of those great Queensland players, Timmy, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was my first time back in 1976, but I reckon it's around 400. Yeah, well, Gordon, we, we commentated, as I said, for about eight years uh, on Channel 7, and we started in the 2003 Rugby World Cup. And my greatest memory of that is, um, and you often hear different commentators like Bruce McAvaney, um, his call for the last 10 metres of Cathy Freeman crossing the finish line to win the gold medal at the 2000 Sydney Olympics. But your call with Johnny Wilkinson 
when he kicked that field goal in extra time at 2003 final was just an incredible moment. You, you obviously don't plan that, though, do you, how to call that just happens at the moment? Yeah, I think so. You've got to be fairly spontaneous. And I, I think my line was that surely is England's stairway to rugby heaven. It was just a simple line, but uh, it summed up my despair. And all of us. I was hurting. I was hurting, as we all were. But it, it, look, it was a great moment for England. They were the best team at the World Cup. And, um, and to be alongside Timmy, commentating with him, and, um, and also, you know, the great Chris Handy as well. Um, I think those are the, the moments that you remember. And I think of other times, well, what about 1991 in, in Dublin, Tim? Um, that quarterfinal against the Irish when we look to be heading home yep. the next day and uh, that incredible comeback after Gordon Hamilton had scored. I was, going yeah, to mention, and, I was going to mention that, Gordon, because Tim tells us about that, that each week and yeah. all of his other exploits. But <laughs> what about, I mean, you, as, as Timmy said before, he was with you in the commentary box. What, what's your favourite moment of, of T. Horn in his 80, 80, 80 test career? That's right, Tim, 80 test career. <laughs> yeah. Well, we always used to have a little ritual, Berkey. Uh, incidentally, I'm driving up through your way at the moment, Beecroft. I'm, I'm heading up to um, a show jumping, the Sydney Polo Club show jumping today out at uh, Richmond. Are you, are you calling that? Uh, just uh, helping out on the PA. Nice. Um, yeah, I've got nothing else to do on a Sunday, so yeah, why not? It's a lovely day. You're operating hands-free, obviously, at the moment, aren't you, Gordon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely hands-free, yes. Mm-hmm. No, we're abiding by the law. Yeah. But we always had this little ritual with, um, with Timmy, and uh, we had to have a little... Uh, aperitif, I suppose, mm-hmm. and uh, something with a little bit of spirit in it, or a little mm-hmm. bit of alcohol. Yeah. Um, so that was always a, a real highlight. But I love working pre-game. with Pre-game? Oh, absolutely pre-game. Pretty I mean, cool, our best pretty one, cool. Yeah. <laughs> our best one was 1991 and John Eels' first test at Ballymore. And um, with Chris Handy and uh, Gary Pierce, we'd have a little rum and coke. It was just something that we felt was appropriate. And it just got us lubricated you know, for, the big, for the big contest. And we forgot that day, so Buddha got onto the steward at the Ballymore Club and he brought out a jug of rum and coke. And the game had already started, and I think it was Horan and Little in the centres. And Jason Little, I think, might have been playing his first test. Buddha just glugged out of the jug. So did Gary Pierce. And then they tried to hand it to me as... Jason Little's about to score a try and I waved him away but in doing so he dropped the jug over my microphone headset lead and tipped it straight down the back of the neck <laughs> a whole jug of rum and coke my two commentators um, and they were flat on, on their backs on the bloody floor <laughs> that's, uh, why the, that's, why the, that's why I think you hear, if you go back and rewind and you hear the call you go on oh, Jason oh he's over oh, no. <laughs> he's over they're talking about the jug Gordon yeah, Ray as always yes. <laughs> well as always lovely to talk to you enjoy the show jumping today and we look forward to hearing your voice wherever we possibly can thanks so much for being part of the rock okay, mate yeah, great to be with you guys. Cheers, Gordon. Yeah, there he goes. Gordon Bray, uh, whose autobiography was called From the Ruck, I'm sure it was exclusively about this radio program. This is The Ruck. Uh, Green Day, time of your life. Can you play that one on guitar, Berkey? No, yeah, I'd love to, though. That'd be, be great. Really? I don't know. It would be, it'd expose you if you... I mean, what's your voice like? Can you sing? No, nil. Nil. Plus, he'd just be playing it for somebody else to sing. Just humming. Right. You'd play, playing it for your four daughters to sing along. There you go. Have they got voices? Can they sing? <laughs> no. You've got the kind of Von Trapp singers going oh, they, can, they can sing at about five o'clock in the morning. Right, okay. Ah! <laughs>
Daddy. This is the Rockets, your Sunday rugby show for Scorcher, the hottest sports app in the history of sports apps. And like Scorcher, we deal with other things other than just rugby. Uh, so let's have a little quick look around the traps for what has happened in the great wide world of sport. And the AFL, of course, they're in finals mode. Fremantle, that was an amazing upset win over Geelong by 16 points, but they got out to a flyer. It was about 40 points to mm. one some point in that just after the first quarter. Phenomenal. So the uh, reigning premiers, Geelong, are now out of the competition. And the other one, the Swans went to Adelaide and uh, really played beautifully. Woo-hoo. 29 points uh, win over the Crows. Paul Benny McGlynn. One of those moments, I don't know if you boys saw it, where there's a player who has given his all all year, a guy called Ben McGlynn, and a guy from Hawthorne, a little fella, a very hard player. Now, he's come off with a hamstring. There's images of him on the sideline in tears because it looks like his season is over. It's one of those things where he could, he's looking at a team that now has a home final, looks very likely he can get through to a grand final, and you know, I'm not going to be part of it. It must be a massive blow. You'd be sitting in the oxygen chamber. You'd be doing everything you can to try and get there. But you're right, you know that... Yeah, you've put 23 rounds and then a couple of final series and or final games and you think to yourself, I'm not going to be a part of it. It would be yeah, gut-wrenching. Absolutely. In the NRL, the Cowboys beat Brisbane 33-16, so Petro Sivanasiva bows out with a loss, but uh, what a terrific career he has had. And Melbourne, the Storm, absolutely smashed South Sydney 24-6. Uh, so the Manly will now go to host the Cowboys on Friday night. South uh, will play the winner of today's match between Canberra and Cronulla. The US Open, did you see any of that, Timmy? I don't know you boys have been flying back and forth to Perth, uh, as is your want. Uh, the, there's a lot of weather <laughs> it's around. It's a little bit windy. Yeah. Very windy. The, the women's final, I think it's Serena Williams and Victoria Azarenka, that's been postponed due to that weather. I think there's a, a typhoon alert going on there. And the semi-final between uh, Novak Djokovic and uh, David Ferrer had to be suspended. And Andy Murray has got into the final. Can he win? He beat Thomas Burditch in that semi-final. He muscled up against Burditch, and we just saw a second ago on the TV. His hat blew off at one stage there, and it must be one of those gentlemanly things of tennis. You got to obviously replay the point. He won the point, yeah. And the, and they were racket offing each other. If that's the racket word, racket offing. Well, yeah, is that the word? Racket yeah. offing. No, no. I said rack off. In. Rack off? Rack yeah. offing. <laughs> <laughs> he was pointing his racket saying, yeah. no, I don't think so. That's not yeah. correct. Do you want to shovel with that? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> this is The Ruck. It is your Sunday rugby show for Scorcher. What is the future for the Wallabies? Will Quade Cooper stay in that number? Will James O'Connor come back? All these questions will be answered right, right uh, ahead on The Ruck. This is The Ruck. Uh, on The Ruck. Your Sunday rugby show for Scorcher. All right, we're going to get to our top ten moments. Uh, that we're counting down to number one quite uh, obviously really before before we get there uh, this game we talked before about relief being the prime thing that was going on certainly for one man super coach Robbie Deans what does it mean for him does it just is that one win all it takes for those who are doubting him and re-signing him as coach Tim well, I think that um, he's still skating on a bit of thin ice, Robbie Deans, because there's, um, there was a lot of... The supporters were very bitter after those two losses and the performances against the All Blacks. But uh, for Robbie Deans, I, I believe he's got to win at least four out of the next five games. So he's got four games... Well, he had, before Saturday night, four games left in the Rugby Championship. Now there's three left. So one against Argentina on the Gold Coast um, on Saturday night. And then you've got one away with South Africa and then um, a one away with Argentina. So they're difficult games. And then he's got the, the third Bledisloe Cup game in Brisbane in late October. So there, there's five games that he had left before the weekend. I, I think he probably needs to win four of those 
um, to be a chance of staying on. But it's not only just how you win the games, it's actually how you're getting on with the players. Is yep. the game plan the right? Are you the right coach? And um, there's only one play, one one coach who can replace him, and that's you and McKenzie. There's, there's no one else out there. And the trick is, I mean, for the next... If they do decide to move Robbie Deans on, it has to be done before the November tour, the European tour of the Wallabies. Otherwise, if the new coach comes in next year, your first test match, Berge, is against the British and Irish Lions. So not a great preparation. You'd probably have to give someone like you and Mackenzie a bit more time mm. to do this spring tour. It does make it hard, though, doesn't it? I mean, then you look at the world rankings, though. We are above, as in the Wallabies, are above South Africa. So we should win. So these games are supposed to be a given for him for the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, the difficulty, as you, as you mentioned, Tim, is to then keep everything in, in, in check and then go to Brisbane in a couple of weeks' time and, and play a team that's you know, in pretty red-hot form uh, at the moment, one against Argentina last night in, in poor conditions in, in Wellington. So it's, he's, he's in a no-win situation at the moment, I, I think. You know, he has to keep winning for, to saving himself, but you're supposed to win these games. So it's a, yeah, but, 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 but Berkey, when you look at it, though, like the Australian public and also the rugby public, you look at the way that... Um, I mean, Robbie Deans coached the Wallabies to beat the Six Nations champions, Wales five times in a row. He's beaten the Springboks six out of the last seven test matches. But people don't see him. People don't care about that. They push that aside. They only want one scalp, and that's the All Blacks. Blacks. Mm. Yeah. Are we any closer? Are we? Where do you see that? I mean, from what we've seen so far this season, the two games against them were poor. Certainly that second 22-0, that performance was just not good enough. Do you see what what needs to happen apart from Robbie Deans? I mean, just in the, it, numbers 15 through 1, do you see any things that can be changed that to make that possible? Take away from the coach, um, and I think you have to cut him a bit of slack as well sometimes. Yeah, I mean, they, they put the game plan together, they put everything sorted, but once they, once the boys run on the field... Yeah. They're not missing the tackles. Yeah. Well, they're exactly yeah. right. They, they've, got no, they've got no other input in the game. I mean, they can yell as much down the, down the earpiece, so to speak, but that doesn't really do anything. So... Uh, it, it's a tough ask for him. So the, the guys need to take responsibility. The players need to take responsibility. And last night, again, as we saw, yeah, they go hard. It's great. It was a great start. They threw the ball around, and all of a sudden, they kick it away. So it's like, well, hang on. Didn't we tell him not to do that? And and the crowd are getting wise to the fact now of, of that as well. Yeah. Quade Cooper, uh, let's just think, talk about him for a moment. Where is he at? It seems slightly odd to me. I, know I, I read that he has spoken, admitted that he's spoken to Sonny Bill Williams, who is in the same management team. So you can understand they would you know, have regular chats, but about specifically the idea of going to rugby league. Now, he signed with Queensland uh, Rugby, Tim. Is that where, yep. where is he at? Yeah, well, he signed with the Queensland Reds three months ago, and uh, the contracting system in rugby is you have to sign and agree to a price with your province, so with your franchise, whether it's Queensland, New South Wales, Western Force, and then you have to agree to terms and a dollar figure, a top-up, as they call it, with the Australian Rugby Union. Now, Quade Cooper and his management um, haven't finally agreed on that, so it's a real issue and it's a problem um, for Australian rugby. It's not a very good look because you got your one of your best playmakers uh, in world rugby, not only and a pin-up boy in Australian Wallaby rugby, uh, that is still not signed to rugby union. It's not a good look for the game, and I think it's got to be. It's really got to be sorted out in the, probably the next two weeks. Otherwise, um, there is a chance that Quade Cooper may go to rugby league and be lost, lost to rugby for a few years. He, he can still uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Tim. But these guys can still have a, just a provincial contract. They don't necessarily have to sign the AAU contract unless they want more money. I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate, though. You obviously want as much money as you can. The blacks want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Much. Well, they, yeah, they certainly they can just agree to their their province their and promise. that's it. But the you know ninety nine point nine percent of them, leaving Matt Burke out, will actually want more money. You know, so 
<laughs> you should know my morals, Tim. I didn't go to your school. <laughs> this is The Rock, your Sunday rugby show. Plenty to come. This is The Rock. Earlier in the program, I uh, played a little bit of an interview uh, that was last night with Rod Kafer and Will Genia, the Australian, the Wallaby captain who did his knee. Just It was, a, look, it was one of those interviews that was quite awkward, but not really, I think, any reason other than that Will Genia thought mm. the questioning was uh, down the line he wasn't happy with. I mean, the, the, he thought it was about him, really. Uh, just a, a moment of it was like this. For me personally, you're having a crack at me there. <laughs> it, was, it was like he just threw out a bucket of burly, just, wasn't uh, it? Yeah. And the look on his face, mm. and then the look on Rod Caper's face, i.e., I'm slightly terrified about now. <laughs> Producer, <laughs> where do I go? <laughs> he may be on crutches, but I'm not sure I can outrun him. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was awkward, but as it turns out, it's, it's a subject of players and their, I guess it's their responsibilities and how they handle themselves in interview situations. Now, Will Gennier is always is terrific. He's very mm. erudite and uh, articulate. He knows what he's talking about. He can be, you know, there, seems slightly surly, but he apologised later. So that's all above board. Uh, the, the couple of other I- I- examples I want to talk about. The Dally M's in rugby league this, uh, this week, Matty, mm. there's been talk that there were inappropriate, I guess, uh, is, is the word. Well, they, they just didn't answer the questions properly or even beyond that, you think? They just didn't give a response. And, and if you look at, uh, there's a couple of highlighted in the paper today, one from Akila Iwati, Greg Alexander asking a, a pretty easy question, you know, mm-hmm. what's, who's your toughest opposition? Yeah. Uh, Iwati, I'm not sure. He, he basically gave one-word answers. Uh, probably, probably I'm not big, sure it's three, but still. Well, sure. Mm-hmm. Big Manu, um, I'm not sure. So, yeah, exactly right. But then Gary Burns comes out with a good point and says, look, these players are all in for the, for the rise, yep. as in or the raise, I should say, getting for the uh, for the salary cap. It's going, but where's it going to come from? It's not going to come from gate receipts or poker machines. There are some kids who are playing footy, uh, and I mean, look, rugby league is, is an example, and may well be in, in rugby as well, who uh, it is now, it's their job. Mm. And a, a lot of them go straight from school. They've been identified yep. as, as young as 12, 13, 14, and they suddenly know that the education part of does, isn't quite so important or whatever, mm. but they also may be uh, incredibly shy people. There may be a whole range of reasons where they're never going to be stellar performers when a microphone's shoved in their face. But surely, Tim, there has to be some... I know that teams try to educate them in a way that yeah. they do handle themselves better when that happens. Well, it's a responsibility of a professional athlete, and yes, you might be shy, and, and also with, uh, especially in rugby league and rugby union, the Polynesian community are, are a shy race, which is okay, but you still have to deliver something... Um, off the field as well and when you look at someone like Bernard Tomic um, in the US Open this week Well he delivered something Oh, well, he didn't deliver anything in the third set. Um, and John John McEnroe called him, you know, for, for potentially tanking, and that's been cleared now. But yeah. and he's after, in his press conference afterward, he was just, you know, wearing a, a singlet which was about five sizes too big. Yeah. Um, and then he questioned the reporter, and you know, they've got a responsibility these guys because, uh, oh, you but you've just been to Bali too, um, Tony, okay. for two weeks, yes, and th- this shirt that I saw over there years ago is probably as popular as the Biltong shirt. Mm-hmm. There's one says. Go to Bunnings, buy a bag of cement, and harden up. <laughs> With one word just before harden up, you know. So. <laughs> but these these guys, and Pat Raft has said it, and mate, this bloke has got to harden up. He's got to get some reality about his life, and um, you know, start to get some um, you know some strength in what he, what he's doing off the field. Yeah, and he wonders why the nation doesn't love him. <laughs> this is Iraqi Sunday Rugby Show.